Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the F1 101 podcast. We are Brandon and Olivia. And after an exciting Hungarian Grand Prix, we are 24 hours later. We're back into silly season and getting real silly. All right, but I want to do the shortest, shortest Hungarian Grand Prix recap. But mostly we're going to talk about Alpine, McLaren, Vettel, we're just we're going to try to get all these moving pieces and give it some kind of like explanation or understanding if we can even get there but all right so before we jump in should we just say clarifying for our listeners what is silly season how how would you define this silly season is a phenomenon which name notwithstanding is actually not really bound by a specific time but it mostly indicates the annual driver's market. It tends to orient around the summer, but it's more a state of mind, a condition of the news cycle than it is a calendar period. It's whenever the pieces start moving. Right, this is not a philosophical concept. (laughs) This is not an abstract idea. No, it's it's whenever the, the pawns start getting shifted around the board from the current arrangement of this season's drivers to whatever's coming next. So the first, sorry to mix my chess and dominoes metaphors here, but the first dominoes have begun to fall and what a week it's been. All right. So you, I'm actually going to steal your metaphor, your analogy, that this is kind of like the, um, the soccer transfer trans- market transfer window. Yes, the transfer. All right, so window. we kind of have this time where things are a little bit more tense. There's a lot of uncertainty. People are sort of being strategic, and if they're going to stay in their seats, trying to find something else, if they're going to get a new driver, someone else going to come in, who has earned their spot, who is trying to climb up the ladder. What is the 2023 grid going to look like? Let me add one more metaphor to our uh, sloppy mountain of. Uh, Metaphors just and analogies don't hope here. I okay. <laughs> it is also a little bit like musical chairs in that you want to see who ends up without a seat at the end, and this goes mm. for both drivers, but also teams who, with the slot that's either open now or, and we'll get to this, becomes open via a unforeseen circumstance, ends up without a driver that they want. We'll see how good Ricardo is at playing this game. Yes. <laughs> All right. So Should I'm sure everyone is on the same page that we don't understand what Brandon's talking about. And, but we more or less understand that this is it's, – it's how who's going to get signed to which team and when. So let's take it from the top. All right. We all expected – and actually, this hasn't even necessarily come to pass here. Most people thought it was going to be likely – that uh, Williams gives up on Latifi, and that's a seat that comes open. So that seemed the most likely. Then some of the older drivers, there was a little bit of, they could retire, but they might not. So the first domino to fall here is that Sebastian Vettel signs up for Instagram, and his first share is an overshare. (laughs) He's got a long video in which he tells us that he likes the color blue and the smell of fresh bread, and he thinks children are the future. Have you watched? Did you watch the full? I couldn't clip? make it through. I couldn't. Uh, absolutely, we love Seb. This was absolutely unbearable content. But the point is, he chose to retire. Which, what do you think, Olivia? This was like fifty-fifty chance of this happening. 
I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. I mean, that's what, probably why it caught me so off, okay. off guard. The t- um, yeah, the timing maybe, but... He seemed, it seemed at least that Aston Martin was happy to keep him there. And I then think that they would have been. wants to keep you and there you have a lot of security and in your spot, most drivers would take that certainty over anything else. Oh, it doesn't have to do with the team in his case. I was just thinking he might be done with it. Yeah. As someone with... Apparently he is. And apparently he is. Okay, so that... And fully support this idea, by the way. You want to spend time with kids, you want to, you know, get more bees circulating into our our ecosystem. Help those bees, whatever the bees like, yeah. It's going to be sad to see him go, and especially if if you're a new fan and you just know Sebastian Vettel is like this iteration, go back, watch, you know... Watch seasons past. Watch his Red Bull career. Like you really want to, the best way to really honor Seb Sebastian Vettel in this way is to just watch his Red Bull years. Watch and the really, really see what he, who he was as a racer and as a guy, and then you can kind of see. Like you got to this point, he's he's earned his his time to go. He's made a his legacy, and he's yeah. I can't help but celebrate this. I'm happy search in YouTube. Malaysia 2013, Sebastian Vettel, Mark Webber. If you want to see a very different <laughs> Seb. You want to see Seb with the knife out. Um, that's what it looks like. Uh, but he's, he's too nice for that kind of thing now. Okay, so Seb, long story short, Seb retires. Um, wasn't guaranteed to happen, but uh, it makes sense enough. Not Hardly an unforeseen outcome. And this was right before the Hungarian Grand Prix. So there's a lot of media around. Everyone is mic'd up. Everyone's going to go through interviews. And so this was kind of a, it was well planned and that he announced it and then he was going to be able to address it, you know, to everybody and talk about it. The timing seemed fine, although we would learn only slightly later that the team had pressured him a little bit to make his decision because, as we'll see... They had some stuff in the works. Yes, they were had the seat was his if he wanted it, but what we learned later is they were kind of like, listen, we need, we need to know what you'd like to do because if not, um, we need to make something else. I'm just trying to plot is. a little bit of a timeline here because yeah. So we're, no, we're we're gonna we're going a little bit too slow, but we're gonna stick with the timeline. Pretty, you know, shocking, and it's you know it's definitely fodder to talk about, but. Sebastian Vettel choosing to retire. He's doing it kind of in his, a little bit in his own way, but it is still nothing totally out of the norm. It's big news, but it's not shocking. It's not out of the norm. It's not, it makes perfect sense. It's a, it's a notable story, but totally makes sense. All right, domino number two. Okay, domino number two. Days later. All right, so now we're thinking, okay, so. This is the hot story. Right, so we're thinking it's the Aston Martin seeds that's in play. What do they want to do with it? But the name we hear next is not the one we thought. So it is then announced, I think four days later, Fernando Alonso, two-year, multi-year deal. I think it's like a two plus a one-year option to Aston Martin. Now, it seemed most likely that Fernando, whose contract was out this at the end of this year, would probably return. He seems to still love the driving. He's doing great. And Alpine had said publicly, if Fernando wants back, uh, he's welcome back. You know, that seat's his if he wants it. We just you need to sit down and work out the details. So I thought for sure 
he'll sign on for another year. But this was a shocker. Also, Alpine, no slouch. I mean, they... Certainly doing better than Aston Martin. No, they, I, over, they're really top of midfield. They seem, once the reliability is like, you know, they had a bumpy first beginning with Alonso, but Esteban is totally delivering. You know, he's he's showing up for the date on time. They have a good, a good car. Shave. Like, no one is uh, phoning it in here. You would think that this is a great, the place where he would want to be. Well, you know, not to spoil anything, but with Alpine, this goes from a team that was having a really good season and seemed to be in a great place in, in a lot of different ways to, while nothing really happening on track, things are now sort of falling apart for them. But we'll get there. So in his late age, right, Fernando seemed to have mellowed out. He's getting, you know, he gets along with his teammates better than he used to. But this was a little reminder that, Fernando Alonso is always on Team Fernando, ultimately. He's one of the few great drivers who you don't really associate with a particular team. Mm. He's burned all kinds of bridges in his career, pissed off teammates and team bosses. Uh, We just went back and watched a documentary about the 2007 season, uh, which was a crazy season, but a detail that's forgotten is that he blackmailed his own team principal, Ron Dennis, and said if he didn't treat him right, that he would uh, supply evidence against McLaren. Um, While they were under investigation. Right, what, to, to corroborate a case already underway about them uh, stealing designs from Ferrari. So that's that's who Fernando is. Fernando <laughs> is the wife who, when he leaves you, like, tells your mistress all the bad things about you. Like, he's going to, like, make sure everything's just completely destroyed. So, kind of, you know, he's keep he's keeping to, right. to his taste. So, it turns out Alpine being perfectly willing to take Fernando back at age 41 for another year wasn't enough. Because waiting in the wings, of course, is the hottest prospect to come along in some time in Oscar Piastri, who Alpine is waiting to uh, get into a seat somewhere. Right. But I guess Fernando Alonso didn't like the feeling that he's sort of holding this young guy up or that maybe they, you know, rate Piastri almost equal to him. One year is not enough. They had a plan to drive for a year and then he gets to, like, go race in some kind of sports car series that Alpine also does. Uh, But at Aston Martin... They give him two years. Maybe it's with an option for a third, more money. So maybe that gratified his own sense of self-importance or something. And for about 45 minutes, everyone was just waiting for Piastri's announcement to come come good. Right. So you think about it. He's been their reserve driver. He's their reserve driver this year. And he's been for a number of years in the Renault and Alpine Youth Academy. So they've invested time and money in developing this talent. He is on a list with only George Russell and Charles Leclerc as drivers who won both F3 and F2 2 in their first years in both. Yeah. So you come right in and you win them both. You go, you know, from F3 right to F2, you win that right away. So that's a good, that's rare company. You know, it's it's the best youth trajectory you can be at. Okay, so Fernando leaves. It's surprising, but of all the teams 
on the grid, Alpine is the thing, oh, the one best equipped to deal with a sudden vacancy. They've already got it figured out. 100%. So you're expecting any moment that the announcement of Piastri for next season is about to come. And then it does. And then it does, but 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 there's a little bit of lag there, and at this time I'm thinking, hmm, maybe they thought Alonzo was coming back, so there was discussion of maybe they hooked him up with to take the Williams seat for one year and then get him back, and maybe they need to kind of, you know, wiggle out of arrangements that were already in place, because Obmer had always been saying, oh, we'll find a way to get him on the grid somewhere next year. We'll figure it out. It's going to happen. Okay, so that takes slightly long. But then the announcement does come. In the middle of the night, Australian time, Oscar Piastri will be driving for us next year. And Olivia, what happens after that? Well, then everyone rushes in and like makes their memes and then they have to unmeme themselves because Oscar Piastri posts, I think on Twitter, this is like the original, like the original platform, that he is not going to be driving for them that not only is he not going to be driving for them but then Al he Alpine set out this um announcement without his without my permission his permission or confirmation or anything like that so now that leaves a lot of confusion because where would he go and why would Alpine be so disorganized mismanaged they didn't know that Fernando was leaving and now they didn't know that Piastri wasn't going to be with them. So right. where, what is the internal workings of, an, of a team where they have zero information about who's driving It raises a lot of questions. It raises yeah. a lot of questions. But then the biggest question that everyone wanted to know next was then where is Piastri going to go? Because if he's not going to drive for Alpine... What is he just not going to drive for F one? He certainly right. you don't because that's not a good AlphaTauri who are just like totally in the shits. That's a good the Alpine seat for a first year driver is it's a top midfield. It's a good seat. It's been having your name on it, you know, for a long time. It just opened up for you. If you're saying no, it's it raises a number of questions. One. Is there something you don't, you know, first of all, you must have something in the works somewhere else because you wouldn't give up a seat for no seat, you know, and also did did something happen with Alpine to rub you the wrong way. So Piastri doesn't give any info about what his alternate plans are. We have to start guessing. Right. It was vague yet definitive. He was very clear that he's not going to be an Alpine driver. Right. Um, to everybody's surprise. Then the next domino. Are we, Couple we days ready later, for the next domino? Well, I think we're ready for the okay. next domino. Even though, you know, th- there's no named sources on the record with this yet, but there's, this a, is there's a lot of sources. starting to feel like a sources. true crime podcast <laughs> where it's like we're trying to like figure out, solve the mystery of like who done it. So the word starts to be that it's McLaren. Yeah. And this is interesting for a number of reasons. Okay, because you w- you wouldn't spurn Alpine for Williams or AlphaTauri Mayo or AlphaTauri unless they were going to wink, wink, and say that you're we're prepping you for to take Sergio's spot at Red Bull in a year's time. Which, which you know, I'm not mad about. That would have been the ultimate. Horner coup. That would have been such an awesome piece of deal making and a great trajectory for P. 
Piastri to be an also. But Hugely. And alas. worth mentioning, Mark Webber, who is Piastri's manager, yes. former Red Bull driver, that would have Certainly been Certainly has Christian really Horner's nice, phone number. Yeah. yeah, that would have been a good handshake deal that becomes a paper deal. Yeah. Yeah. I would and I would have loved that for both AlphaTauri and Red Bull and Piastri. But alas, um that didn't seem to be what was up. So the whispers are that it's McLaren, which raises a number of questions. Uh first, I like this for McLaren. I like this for Zach Brown getting in on this. You're underperforming a little bit now, but if you're not in a position to be a title contender now, the next best thing you can be is the team of the future. You say, we've got Lando, who's I think 22. We've got Piastri, who's 21. Two of the best young drivers, and we are the team that's going places. We're on the up and up. Of course... The thing that then needs to be answered and and the guy that needs to be, you know, put out to pasture somehow is Ricardo, who has a contract for next year. He made a big Instagram post a couple weeks ago about how he'll be back at McLaren next year. He's honoring his contract, even though Zach Brown said something earlier in the season about how there are mechanisms for both sides to get out of the contract if they want. All the reporting subsequently has been that uh, McLaren actually have no mechanisms. The contract is airtight. Maybe Ricardo could leave of his own choice, but they can't kick him out. So now they're looking at what? Buy him out, reach a negotiated settlement, something. Um, But there's nothing to suggest that Ricardo's contract for next year is not still valid and binding. Right. I mean, this was like New York City renter's law. Like, Ricardo has a has has renters renters away or like uh, tenant priority. Yeah. Or he he like you know even after you get like kicked out, you can still like live there for a year even after you've been evicted. So right, he was. It seems like he wants to stay, which in a in a way I was somewhat surprised by. Obviously, you want you're gonna you know. No one would turn down $26 million. No one's going to turn down also the endorsement and just like the the feeling of being in the place that you've fought your whole life to be in. No one wants to step out of it. So I understand wanting to be there. But I would be so deeply uncomfortable. And to it's going to be. Year at it's a going to be. To a whole, I was thinking for 2023. Well, it's going to be uncomfortable now. It's going to be uncomfortable be so after awful. the summer break. Now, no surprise, I guess, that all this is happening on the summer break because these people don't have to be in front of cameras and at in press conferences. Pen, yeah. Press conferences, but once we're back at Spa, there's obligatory, you know, media availability, and the questions are going to come flying in. And Daniel Ricardo's life is going to be super awkward, and maybe Zach Brown's is to a lesser extent also. Do you think that by the time spa rolls around, we're going to have all the dust settled, all those sort of pieces in place? Or is there still going to be a lot of uncertainty? I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised. I think Alpine is going to try to appeal to um, the FIA to hold Piastri to the contract that they think is valid. We, you know, we haven't seen the fine print, so it's hard for us to assess, you know, the kind of legal standing of that. My guess is that if you can put a big enough 
money figure, then it'll all kind of be resolved. I think that for whatever reason, Zach Brown is going to just make this all go away with a check. Well, he might have to be writing checks in a few different directions because he's going to have to pay Ricardo something. And who knows? Maybe he owes some kind of compensatory payment to Alpine if if that's how the ruling goes. He might have to pay less if Ricardo finds a seat and he might have to pay more if Mm -hmm. he doesn't. Either way... Ricardo's going to get either no seat at 26 million to just like kick back and not have to put in the, the flight miles and you know work on his uh clothing brand or work on his uh his social media presence um or his US citizenship or he can you know he could drive IndyCar or do some other US racing I'm sure that that would be a huge open embrace and At first, or, I thought he, maybe they had a deal to go to McLaren's IndyCar team as kind of a, you know, a generous way out for him. But we haven't heard anything about that. I could see that happening. Staying in F1, though, the only steps are steps down. It's maybe Haas if they don't pick up Schumacher. Maybe that Williams seat, which I expect to hear something about uh, before Spa or by Spa. Um Okay, so that's a big question mark that's hovering over everything. What, but now we have openings. Let's say Piastri goes to McLaren. Who does Alpine take? Do they make a play? Do they take Ricardo back? Do they go young? Do they get Nick DeVries or something? Um it also seems like some guys who are kind of on the bubble may end up benefiting from this. Mick Schumacher and Yuki Sonoda, their contracts are up at the end of the season. They're kind of hanging on by a thread. Like, yeah. I would kind of lean toward giving both another chance, but they're hardly have you know written their name in stone. Technically, I think Guan Yu Zhou is also out of a contract, though I would expect him to be given another year, uh, which I think is only fair. Um, also the youth driver market or talent pool is not as robust as it's been at other times Piastri is a big get but after that there's no one you're desperate to see in F1 Logan Sargent's coming up has promised Teo Porcher has promised Nick DeVries is has a good pedigree but is getting kind of old now there's no one who's like a sure thing yeah so if you get rid of Sonoda or Schumacher there's no guarantee you're doing better so they might benefit they might end up getting another year out of this that in a tighter driver market with more people sort of you know waiting to get in you know, they might have suffered because of that. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of one-year one year deals yeah, kind of being thrown around at the end. You know, just as like to kind of clean it up at the end, one-year deal, sign them up, have your 2023, you know, locked and ready, work on the car, develop that. Um, All right, so let's, let's run down the remaining dominoes that we're uh, waiting to see fall into place in the coming weeks. All right, we're 
waiting to hear from Ricardo. Yes. Is he staying? Is he going? Where does he want to go? We're waiting to hear from Alpine if they can legally let go or maintain Piastri as their driver, and then who they would want for their second seat. Right. Also waiting on McLaren to make an announcement to say what we, you know, this is the deal. This is what we have offered Piastri because they haven't had to say everything. And and this is what we what we think or what we hope that means for Daniel. Right? Like yeah. Zach how does Zach Brown spin this? Can I ask you like how, what are what are your feeling of McLaren right now? Cuz like look, like Ricardo is super likable guy. And you on the one hand you're like, why? What's the worst thing he's done? Like be bad at his job? Like Yeah, that's the worst thing, but that's bad. That's bad enough. It's pretty. He's definitely made the case that he could be fired. I think in most other sports, I mean, if you don't, you get you get traded. Like if you don't perform, you get traded. If you are a manager of another team, if you are a captain of another team, and you are not work, you know, it's not. I think he had a long ride. I know a lot of things were out of his control. He made a couple of bad decisions. I don't want to see it end this way because I think he has such a good first half of his career that to end it in such a whimper. It's a seems, harsh. This is yeah, a this is totally a rough harsh. ride for him. But likability aside, he doesn't deserve the seat he has. Not, true or false? Uh, harsh but true. Listen, right, if so he, he but but why but McLaren doing this so dirty? Is making Ricardo look a little bit better, which maybe that's the ultimate. He'll, he'll game get here. some sympathy, and that's fine. He can have it. But if Piastri ends up in that seat next year, then McLaren have pulled off a coup, and I applaud them. Hmm. It, that's that's a better way to use that seat. Yeah. And you're making a play for the long term. You're swapping a depreciating asset for an asset that you think is uh, on the rise and should be and you snatched him right out from under your direct rival this year so i i i would love it i mean in a kind of you're so brute evil. way <laughs> god that glimmer in your eye just then was terrifying <laughs> all right olivia who uh drives for williams next year I mean, Albon resigned, but yeah, you, you guys already know that, and that's no surprise. Is that also a one year or two? Year? No, no, multi year. Okay, okay. Two or three. Um, I mean, I don't even have any energy to like think about if that's a good or move or not. Just it is. Whatever, it's, he's it doing is. fine. He's he's on he's on the cheap. So Williams has gotten him for a good deal. He's good. He if he can't do better, he should want to stay there, and Williams should want to keep him. But who who do they take? Do they? DeVries, Logan Sargent is in their youth ranks. He's going to make an FP1 appearance in Spa, so maybe we'll see. They might I thought not it was maybe it. at uh, Austin. But yeah, he's, oh, right, 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 because it's his home Grand Prix. But yeah, he's making a practice appearance coming up. So I'm I'm assuming if they're, they might wait till the end of the season to announce. That's assuming mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. none of the others, you know, other lower teams sort of snatch, and, snatch up some talent. Yeah. Um, that is a little bit of the, you know, chicken and mouse game is that you have a little bit of time to pick, but if everyone else is working on your same timeline, you don't want to be the last. Mm-hmm. 
uh, back to the musical chairs reference. Um, I like the idea of a American driver, but really for no other reason that it's an American driver. And my national pride isn't that much. I have not a lot to say about Logan Sargent as a driver. No, we person. didn't get into F1 because it was a real American thing with a lot of America. If, if that was right. our criteria, we, we would be podcasting about a different sport right now. Um, I have one more team I want to talk about, Olivia. So, okay, but who, who should they pick? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really know. Just someone not bad. Right. The other team I want to talk about is AlphaTauri. I don't want to talk about them. They're on my shit list. This team, as I feel like, wandered into a crisis of purpose or identity. <laughs> and they might not even know it. So the former Toro Rosso... Right, please explain. They have existed since their inception to be the junior team of Red Bull. They take young drivers and prepare them and test them for potentially occupying a seat at the senior team. Correct. Red Bull. Okay. So Max was there for a year, half a year. Seb was there for one year. Signs was there. Ricardo was there before being with the senior team. Gasly and Albon. So, you know, they've per- the team has produced a number of F1 drivers who- from... Great to solid and respectable, right? And and everywhere in between. For sure. Okay. The question is, is that what they're doing now? They've reached, they have Gasly for another year. Now, if they were just another, Gasly's going to be 20, he's 26, 27. If they were just another normal midfield team, and we like Gasly, he's totally a driver good enough to be in the midfield, if not even maybe a little bit higher, that totally makes sense to have him. But at this age and having re-signed Checo, he, he's not on the trajectory to the first team anymore. Yuki next year would be the third year. He's shown flashes. We like him. I'd like to see a little more. If I had to make the decision today, it'd be tough, but I'd probably re-sign him. Uh, largely because in uh, their youth team, there's not anyone really banging down the door. But still, even if Yuki's turn, Yuki's career takes the best turn possible and like works out well, making it to the Red Bull senior team still seems oh, that's really hard Can you to imagine. See, I can't picture it at all. I think the very best case scenario, if he keeps developing steadily, is maybe he gets a few years as like the second driver for them. But no, I don't. I don't really see it. No, I can't. I think see the that. best outcome for him is just that he manages to stay in. F1 for another F1 year or two? for another... Well, the best case, you know, he has a career until he's 30 or something. If he figures a lot of stuff out. That's pretty generous. It's pretty generous, right. But being at a title-contending team, I don't see it. No. So, which raised the question, What what is AlphaTauri for right now? I don't, I don't really know. I'm just laughing because you're... You're making this so serious. Like we're talking, we're, it's literally we're talking silly season, and you're like <laughs> trying to get it to the heart of what something like identifies as. But this, the, you know, this is the this is our balance. They've uh, they've strayed from their mission. Yeah. And I'm I'm not sure it's going to help them. It's not going to help the senior team. I'm not sure it's going to help Gasly at this point either. Um, I think that Red Bull had to get 
I mean, they were so hell-bent on just taking Mercedes down that they didn't have, like, the empire and the well-oiled machine that Mercedes mm-hmm. had at mm-hmm. the time to really, like, start, you know, branching out a little bit, you know. The, Red Bull was just trying to, like, make rent. They're not trying to, like, get a second property at the time, you know. Right. So now that I, they're trying to get their second championship under their belt. And that, I think they'll really do it. Yeah, ago. and they'll do it. I think they'll do it. All I'm just saying is they're little... But I think they just the soil is it, going a little barren yeah. at, at the junior team. And I don't know exactly what that is, but I can see that Red Bull, Oracle, whatever racing is such a high priority at the time that everything else is just such a distant second. Um, maybe once they they renewed their contract with Honda, so they're mm. going to that partnership's going to kind of keep rolling. If they feel like they're in a position to they have a little bit more firmer ground, then they might be able to, you know, divert their attention and their investments a little bit. But, yeah, it makes 100% sense that Horner is only thinking about Max and that's only all about this year. Okay. All I'm just saying is that once great Red Bull pipeline is, for the moment, looking pretty pretty dry. And if they had managed to snag Piastri, you know, we'd be... Telling a different story. Okay, Olivia, that's all I've got. All right. I have some other questions, but maybe we'll save it for a mid-season review. We'll start talking about first half versus second half. I have a couple of things that I... Let's do mid-season, mid-season driver grades com- coming up. Mid-season driver grades. We're going to have to do another driver vacay ranked. I feel like that's kind of coming up. We're a little due for that. All right. got to wait. We got to wait till the end of the summer to compile... All Instagram evidence. All right, but can I do another couple shout-outs at the end real quick? Shout-out to our listener, Craig, in East Hampton, for watching a race with us. He Thank you, Craig. He watched the race with us. Great guy, uh, great listener. We appreciate you. <laughs> um, and also shout-out to the Drive to Describe podcast, um, who we're, I jumped on their pod, and that's going to be coming out. So we're, we're going to do Check a Check that out. That should yeah. be up soon, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's up to them. Whatever. Check it out. But, ha- you know, just thank you to this F1 community and people. And thank you for listening. And, yeah, silly season, honey. We'll see you later. Bye. Stay silly. Bye.